Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. What going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Lookout Landing Podcast. I am, of course, your host, your friend, your uh, your guiding light through this troubling time without baseball, uh, Matthew Robertson, Lookout Landing staff writer and podcast extraordinaire. And today, uh, for our 101st episode, we have decided to pivot back to baseball uh, graciously and talk about the team that is the whole reason for this website's existence. And I cannot uh, accurately do that without two of, I think, the uh, the most well-informed, well-adjusted Mariners people anywhere on the internet, uh, Kate Prusser and John Troopin. Welcome to, uh, to the digital space that we both share here. Hello. What going on? What going on? That is from a Kyle Lewis video yesterday, if you do not understand that reference, um, which if you, unless you are incredibly online, you probably do not. Um, It snowed in Georgia yesterday because normal weather things. Um, And Kyle Lewis was shocked. He said it is a blizzard. Reader, it was not a blizzard, but I'm sure if you live in Georgia and you don't see snow, it, it looked pretty intense. So, I'm sure Kyle is ready for spring training. I am too. John, how's the weather in your neck of the woods out there in upstate New York? Um, it did snow uh, nine to ten inches on what? Friday. That's not a number. Um, so that <laughs> that was certainly impactful for the uh, for the old commute. Uh, in that we ceased to commute, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it is uh, yeah, it's snowy, but you know, not too bad. It is supposed to be a high of eight and a low of negative five uh, one day this week coming up, which I am not psyched for. But uh, you know, when it's snowy outside and I'm indoors, <sighs> it's real rough. I, you know, they don't tell you this about other places, but uh, but you know it. It gets cold. Wow. Huge, if true. Working to confirm. <laughs> Sounds incredibly unpleasant. I mean, I so I did I did just go out and throw uh, the first 
flat ground of the of the year uh, in our in our driveway because that has been cleared out, um, and because there's like baseball things supposedly starting in like a month or two uh, places. I'll believe it when I see it, but uh, you know you can make it work if you just very well insulated. I suppose best shape of his life trooping over here. That's me. Yeah, how's the old arm feeling? You think you could give the Mariners a couple innings this year if need be? Certainly, would be a heck of a commute. But uh, you know, when they when they come to play the Mets, I'll be the, I'll be down there. I'll be uh, I'll be in uniform, ready just in case. Which, how much worse of an option is John than anyone who's currently in our bullpen? Let's think. Let Let's discuss that. Yeah, yeah, I think you would fit in pretty nicely in the who is this guy, uh, how did he get here, and that's not to, uh, to <laughs> disparage any of the Mariners' wonderful bullpen acquisitions, but it's going to be a lot of, I think the first month of the year is going to be a lot of people in the stands Googling who is this guy, trying Maybe to Maybe Dave Sims Googling from. some people. So I think if, yeah, if John wants to just put a uniform on and just show up at the clubhouse one day, I feel like you could probably at least get in the door. I got to be honest, uh, Trupin is a lot easier to pronounce than Margavichus. Margavichus. Anyway, the guy that the Mariners claimed on waivers (laughs) off the Padres recently. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 not a very impressive group, and it's... I, I don't know. Do we want to start with the bullpen? Let's do it, uh, yeah. It, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit... Not disappointed, because it's whatever. It's a bullpen for a team that's going to be bad. But I, I was curious if the, they would sort of put some money into the bullpen and, and say, okay, we're going to try and get some guys here that will flip at the deadline for prospects. Um, and they, they did that a little bit. But, you know, it, it they didn't really go for any established likely uh you know likely closer kind of candidates did they they didn't go for anyone i mean i would say that carl edwards jr is established he he established Um, but then he was you know he was terrible and hurt last year right yeah so i mean he they're they're banking on a bounce back here from him right but i i like the upside i'm i'm excited about carl edwards jr uh, so is projection system Pakoda, right, John? Uh, it is indeed uh, Pakoda. I mean, we're using "excited" in what? a in a yeah. in a really broad, like very, very, very broad spectrum sense here. Certainly, in a, in a comparative sense, yeah. They, they, Pakoda um, does project Carl Edwards Jr. to be the Mariners' best pitcher, uh, not just best bullpen uh, option, but best pitcher in total, which. Again, it is bad. That is, is bad. That's yes. I I think it's a little bit uh, a little bit overly negative in a few places, but it, it should give you a reasonable sense of you know where where things could go. Um, yeah, I would just I like mean, to know what Marco Gonzalez ever did to Pakota or any <laughs> of these projection systems because they just hate him. I mean, they hate him so much. You don't give up many homers, uh, and you give up a lot of fly balls, and people are going to look at you a little askance. And by people, I mean algorithms. Uh, algorithms are people, too. That's true. That's that's what the Supreme Court has said. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, right now, let, let we, can, we can start from the back, I guess. You, you've got, you know, Yoshihisa Hirano, who... Is you know one of the one of the free agent signings. You got Carl Edwards Jr., who you mentioned, um, and then maybe Matt McGill and Sam Tuivalala as like the. And I, I mean, I don't even know if they'll have a traditional maybe closer. The guys. Yeah. Um, but like the you know that's sort of the high leverage guys, and and hopefully you see Brandon Brennan have more of the sort of the the good stretch before he you know went down with with injury. Right. Um, because he, you know, he sort of had a couple really bad games that skewed his numbers there, but I mean, you know, and it's like all those guys could be fine, but it, I'd, none I'd throw, of them. I'd throw Art Warren into that mix if he's healthy. I think That's fair. Art, Art's a back end. His stuff definitely profiles as back end. You know, he's mm-hmm. big fastball, really mm-hmm. wicked curveball. So yeah, and a, and another pitch he can throw as well. Pitcher yeah. too. So. Um, 
yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a type of bullpen where you look at it and you're like, you know, none of these guys. I, I look at it and I think of no, none of these guys look atrocious, but it's also I'm not super confident. I think it's a it, there's basically maybe the thing that I feel is the surest thing in the bullpen is Brennan, and even he is like. I mean, I might, yeah, I might give it to, one year. Yeah, I might. Get, well, and it was a year that was marked by some health issues and yeah. some when he was throwing. I don't know how much of it was related to the health issues, but he had some real rough stretches there. So, yeah, and he's still a rule five guy. Speaking of rule five guys, we've also got Johan Ramirez in there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we've not, who was the Mariners rule five claim from the Astros hard thrower, poor control is most of the Astros, uh, bullpen are well most of the astros prospect pitching prospects really are uh-huh. uh hard throwers poor controllers um so we don't know what he's got obviously he's got enough that the mariners liked him and passed over i think a lot of more popular names in order to get him so mm-hmm. yeah and you'll eventually get austin adams back and that should oh, be very exciting but, i love him you know, so obviously much. huge bummer huge bummer that he he was sidelined um you know with his acl tear i believe it was yeah um and a a bad one too pretty bad i don't anticipate seeing him you know until the back half of the season honestly yeah which yeah yeah. um but matt Matt mcgill i think has a pretty if you're looking for a solid floor reliever mcgill will be fine i think like i think that there's a good chance that he becomes the closer just because I'm not sure about Hirano. I'm not sold, honestly. Maybe mm. the Mariners adjust his pick, pitch mix. Uh, John just wrote a really good article about how uh, you may you can go into that a little bit. Um, I'm still a doubter on Hirano. I think McGill has a good, this is maybe like edging into fantasy baseball talk um, <laughs> as we try to figure out who's going to collect that all important saves uh, stat for the Mariners. I, right. I mean, obviously, you don't want to pick anyone. Like, they're not a good bet because we don't know where <laughs> the saves are going to go, and they're probably not going to go to any one person. But and there probably that, won't be that many. Yeah, <laughs> but I think Matt McGill is p- probably a pretty safe option. He's he's available. He doesn't get hurt, and he was pretty effective. Um, and he got better as he went along as a mm. Mariner. So. Uh, Art Warren is my big upside pick, but Matt McGill is my safe floor pick. All right. Please talk about Hirano, though. Um, Yeah, so the most recent free agent signing uh, the team made, Yoshihisa Hirano, um, had a really great year results-wise. His first year um, in 2018, rather, um, had a interesting but less successful results wise year last year uh, mainly because he was just getting absolutely uh sort of uh, you know just having a lot a lot tougher time uh with babip issues um and strand rate issues give up a few more homers but he's, he's got a really good splitter essentially um and he was throwing it more last year and the first half of the year he was looking just across the board better he was striking out more people he was getting more uh outs his numbers look great and then started easing off the splitter started getting hit more went on the disabled list or the injured list rather um with arm troubles came back in september wasn't throwing the splitter nearly as often was getting hammered um he's 35 and he throws a splitter a ton and there's a lot of sort of mixed opinions on whether that is a pitch that is more dangerous for you or not if he's able to throw it even more it's about a 50 50 breakdown of four seam and splitter right now but like basically you're thinking about a fernando rodney kind of look of like low to mid 90s fastball low 80s that comparison Sorry, well, I know but like, he's very, very beloved, but... <laughs> well, I mean, it's... But, it, you know, that's sort of the, the thing with, with Rodney was, right? Like, he has this extraordinary two-pitch combo, and the changeup is unlike anything most people can throw, and so that's what's kept him in the league for, you know, 16 years or whatever. He is that's so much he's... older than you think he is. No matter how old you think <laughs> Fernando Rodney is, add, like... Four years onto it, yeah. and that's how old turns, he actually is. Turns turns forty three in March, and like My you know, God. he's not he's not 
great, but he's he's been reasonable, and he's had some great years. Um, that is, you know, Hirano essentially is looking at, okay, how often can I throw this split change up? And right. I would imagine the Mariners are going to try and push him to throw it a lot uh, because that's how he can be successful. And if he can, if he can stay healthy, not only will he probably be successful, but he may very well be a guy who in July or uh, they will be able to trade for, for some younger uh, prospect, but um, you know, it's not the type of sort of more slam dunk uh, right. signing, uh, but you know, that's, that, that's, that is what it is. And, and it's not a bad group there. There's also, I think someone has noted uh, a few people have noted the the Tacoma rotation or not rotation but bullpen is arguably as qualified uh, or as good as the uh, the big league one maybe but just because they have people on the forty man and people they don't have to have on the forty man yet right um, you know we'll we'll probably see a lot of people moved if they're having good years this year yep so the back half or the back half of the season is going to have a I think the bullpen's going to be rough to start with hopefully some some guys are able to be successful and be traded and create some spaces for some younger guys but if you're looking for some names to watch in the second half i would say probably number one on my list um and someone again to put a fantasy spin on it that you might want to kind of keep on your radar think about getting a share of uh would be sam delplane who has just been i mean he's amazing he's not tall he's like five nine six foot maybe uh yeah he's 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 listed um i think at five eleven yeah five eleven yeah he's definitely shorter than that um not tall does not throw hard somehow can strike out everyone in the world like including a rehabbing yadi molina last year i mean he is nasty yeah, we and, saw him in the Arizona Fall League. Still oh yeah, just you know, just really handling some of the best prospects in baseball. And it's always um, a question you know. of how this stuff is going to transfer to the major leagues. But the guy has had success just at every single stop, and for some reason, just hasn't gotten a ton of press. Um, I because I guess he was a late round draft pick. He wasn't really ever a starter. He was mostly just a reliever. Um, you know, he comes out of a system that's been pretty unheralded the last few years. I don't know what, whatever reason, but I think Sam Delaplane is out to shock the world this year. That's my hot take. Yeah. I also, Kate, I love you giving a voice to the men of Tinder everywhere because you said Sam Delaplane, <laughs> he's either 5'9 or 6 feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Around to the nearest 6 feet. <laughs> Honestly, if you're under 6 feet, like, it's all just kind of the same to me. All those yeah. numbers are the same. All my 5'10 kings, it's time to embrace being 5'10. There's no more no more of this, oh, I'm six feet in the right shoes, or I'm 5'11 and a half. Just be 5'10, all right? There's, there's a market for the 5'10, man. <laughs> I mean, Sam Delaplane is about to make being sub-six foot in MLB cool again, so... Yeah, him and Shedrick, they can carry that torch. <laughs> and uh, and Sheffield, who I do not think, listed at six foot, do not actually think he's six feet tall. No, no chance of that. No, baseball player heights are definitely Tinder heights. Like you gotta, you gotta adjust for inflation. I also want to shout out uh, Nestor Cortez, listed at five eleven, which means he's probably like five six, five eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> five six. <laughs> but that's another like. Exciting probably isn't the right word, but at least intriguing maybe. I mean, I don't, I can't say I've seen him pitch very much, but he has shown flashes when he was uh, on the big league club for the Yankees of like having pretty like good stuff. It's just a matter of like with every bullpen guy of if they can repetitively find that stuff. Right, and you know if if he's not good, like at very least he's fun. Like he throws from. A bunch of different deliveries. Um, he's got a big personality. He was beloved by the Yankee fan base as a minor leaguer, which I think is um, rare. Like pe- people were genuinely sad when the Mariners claimed him. Um, so he made Yankees fans feel warm things in their hearts, which 
I think is a, a testament to his character, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm going to need one of these relievers to pop from a personality standpoint. Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty trying year for me. Because I think we're also going to see a lot of the the like shuttling guys up and down, and we're going to see like 27 different relievers by the end of the year. And if none of them have any sort of remarkable uh, things outside of baseball, then I'm going to have probably to just log off for all of August and September and just stop who, paying attention. When who is your choice, out. Matthew? Who do you get a sense is going to be a, a personality guy? Um, probably Carl Edwards. Uh, I think there's a chance for Tui. Tui is like sneakily online. Like he will, he will express not really opinions, but express things on Twitter, which means, <laughs> which means that he, like in real life, he probably has a lot of other things he would like to express. You know, we only get the sense of what he thinks is worthy for Twitter. So I think maybe, you know, if he gets the uh, the rare chance to maybe be on camera, do some, some Jen Mueller interviews, I think, too, he maybe has something for us. But other than that, I mean, I'm literally looking at the roster right now, and, like, I have almost zero opinion on Gilbo, Zach Groats, like... Oh, Zach Gross has a personality. I, he, oh, really? He, oh, he definitely... Have you never seen the video of him breakdancing? In the oh, traveler's locker room. All right, I will. I will find it and drop it in the Slack. Zach Groats definitely has a personality. Um, it's I just you know that. we haven't seen a lot of these guys because for a lot of them it was like are they I all off season long. I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure Zach Groats himself has been wondering if the DFA uh, hammer is going to fall on him. So so far it, so far so good. But you know we lost Reggie McLean who was a good personality in his own right got claimed by the Phillies put up a hilarious video the other day of himself because he's been a Mariner his whole um uh career so he put up a video of himself trying to take batting practice he's pitchers who rake hashtag pitchers who rake and um just trying to take bunts and it was hilarious so good luck in Philadelphia Reggie Yes, we're all rooting for Reggie. May you never have to face the Houston Astros again. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Uh, I also want to point out that in looking at the 40-man roster, uh, Yoshi Hirano is listed as number six, which I think probably will be the first single-digit reliever in Mariner history for the the very small subset of people who care about that sort of thing. Uh, That is something to monitor. He was wearing 66 in Arizona and apparently has decided that one six will suffice in Seattle. So, uh, for the jersey number hive, uh, get excited. Okay, um, do you want to maybe talk about the outfield? Because I think with Mitch Hanniger's uh, injury that will keep him out for the beginning of the season, we're also going to see some weird uh, outfield combinations. I think there are some guys who are there for the glove and some guys who are maybe more there for the bat or some guys who we don't really know what they are yet. So I want to pose this question to you guys. On opening day, what do you think the Mariners' outfield alignment will be? Uh, if they're facing, who, who do they play opening day? Do, do we know off the top of my head who the, who the team is that they play? 90% sure it's The Texas. Rangers. Isn't it the Rangers? I mean, yeah. they play. Uh, they don't have opening day at... T-Mobile. Still sure. still trying to make my mouth say that, right? Are you yeah. asking who they have their home opener against or who? No, I, I simply the opening day basically it was it be a right-handed pitcher or a lefty cuz I think that will probably be uh, a, a bit of the breakdown there. Well, cuz then, you know, if it's that, if it's a righty, which Texas it would be, I think you get Kyle Lewis in left field, I think you get Malik Smith in center, and I think you get Jake Fraley in right field. Yeah, we do get the Rangers, so we're gonna be. It's gonna be Corey Kluber or or Lance Lynn. Oh hey, let's do Corey Kluber again because wasn't that who the Mariners had opening day against last year when they? No, that's not. No, that was twenty eighteen. That was twenty eighteen with uh, Felix. That's um, right. And uh, the a surprising win. Yes, um, yeah, but they st- they won that game. That's right. I was mixing yeah. it up because I was thinking about the fact that the last two opening days have been. Unpro- unprobable wins, right? That so we had Unpro- Felix extremely unprobable. Yeah, we had Felix winning against Corey Kluber, and then we had the Red Sox, and uh, whatever happened in that game, that was a weird one. 
And it was Marco. Tim two homers. Yeah. Definitely not sign stealing is what it was. <laughs> Definitely not sign stealing. Even parents playing at their own game. Yeah. Um, yeah, def- definitely just Chris Sale being absolutely much worse than Tim Beckham repeatedly. Yeah, so weird. So, such a weird, weird, weird times. Um, so I, I agree with John. I think like that's, that's very likely what we'll see. Um, I don't know if somebody's going to like come forward and, and pop at camp, but I feel, I feel pretty safe in saying Lewis Fraley, Malik Smith. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, there's, because if you're looking at the other people who it could be, right? Assuming health, you know, for, for everyone else other than Hanniger, obviously. Um, you know, Braden Bishop, you probably don't put in the starting lineup. On opening day? No. Right. Or you know, I mean, maybe and, any other day. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think you see a decent amount of him. Um, Especially because he's obviously such a defensive and base running, you know, positive. But I, I just don't know how you... I don't think there's anything Braden Bishop could show up and do during spring training that would just yeah. suddenly make people think like, oh my god, this is a dramatically different player than what we've seen before. Like, no, it's, you know, he has more or less, you know, he has more or less gotten to about as much offense as you could probably expect from him. And he's done that in the minors, and you just kind of have to see can that translate to the bigs. And but I, I think they'll have that be more of a bench role. Um, so you know, beyond that, I don't think we see Jose Siri, who has, I believe, played a little bit in AAA, um, who they who they claimed on waivers uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I think he is pretty well set to to start in the minors. Um, and hopefully get some time to work on his busted series of swings. Busted um, swings. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of potential there, and, and he's shown stretches of that, and I don't know that he's gotten sort of consistent coaching, it doesn't sound like. Uh, so so hopefully he, he gets some time there. But I, I think it is really, for, for as much flux as it could be, the outfield depth is pretty well stratified there, and in, in, yeah. in they were going to already be struggling to find plate appearances for all the I guys they want. I suppose you could wanna... put um, you could put Eric Fulia into that mix, but they didn't invite him to spring training originally. So, despite yeah. kind of tearing up the Dominican league, it seems like uh, he is persona non grata with the team, which I think is foolish at this point. Um, you know, trade. Well, and he just doesn't have a forty-man spot. You know, so there's there's no. only really so yeah. Much. So even if he does like go out and just rake in spring training, it's uh, I don't. I think he's got he's got a longer road to proving that he could potentially have a, a big league spot. And I hope he does get a shot because he deserves it. It's been in the system for a long time. In a year like this, like why not? So, but I don't think opening day. I would almost like to see them do this, do the outfield like hockey style, where you have just lines and you like switch them over completely. Right. I mean, Kyle Lewis yeah. probably deserves a spot every day, but like they could do three outfielders one day and then the next day three new ones. Because I want to see everyone just at least have right. a shot. Like Braden Bishop deserves to be able to play center field just from a defensive standpoint because right. I think he's pretty clearly the best of this group. I mean, Malik yes. Smith is probably not a center fielder. He can just cover the most ground. So I think that's how he ended up in center. But I want to see Bishop play. I want to see Dylan Moore do some more incredible things in left field uh, at, <laughs> the most, at the most truly improbable times. Uh, I think we deserve that. Uh, Patrick Wisdom, Lopes, does he play Tim outfield Lopes. at all? Yeah, Who? Lopes. Does Patrick Wisdom play outfield at all? No, I think um, he is third base, first base, right? I believe he's played a little bit of left field, but not not a. He he is definitely an infielder uh, who, you know, has been made to be a, uh, uh, very rarely an outfielder. Sure, but again, uh, yeah. why not? Like Tim yeah. no, certainly, field certainly. Last year. <laughs> Let's certainly. get weird. Just let everything happen. <laughs> what even is outfield? You know, it's what we make it. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy, I I mean I think that there's a real good chance that the Rays at some point attempt to run out a two man outfield. With Manuel Margot, who they just traded for, who is one of the best 
defensive center fielders in the game, and they already have Kevin Kiermaier, who is also yeah. one of the best defense. So I, I put that out there with Charlie Morton just getting all those grounders. I mean, that'd yeah. be. I mean, yeah, just have fun. like a four man or a five man in. I don't know. It'll it'd be wacky, but it'd be fun. Hmm. Um. I think that you're not necessarily going to see this at the big league level, but I do think that for for as little as you can necessarily put into spring training uh, actual results, I do think it'll be very fun this spring. Yeah. Because um, you're going to see you're going to see more or less the line changes thing at least in spring training. Absolutely. Uh, except, where except the line is going to also include. Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez, um, which and is Luis Liberato, and yeah, um, yeah. So, so you'll get just quite a bit of uh, you know present and hopefully future uh, looks there. Uh, but I do think that yeah, I mean Sam Haggerty is also I suppose there. He's he's played a fair amount of outfield. We aren't totally clear. Sorry, Sam, why he's been on the forty man still, but nope. Uh, sure is um yeah you know i I think it'll be well they're dfaing pitchers who are getting picked up on waivers elsewhere because the mariners pitching development is no longer i think a secret so ricardo Mm -hmm. sanchez just got picked up by the cardinals 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 Cardinals. um i knew it was a red team um Mm. and then Reggie, we said, went to Philadelphia. So, we're not exactly sneaking guys through on waivers right now. Mm-hmm. Not sure what Sam Haggerty is bringing, but I mean, yeah. we'll see. Good year to come to spring training for sure, Certainly. I think. Certainly. John, um, as a, a person who has seen Sam Haggerty play in real life in the flesh, cast <laughs> the elevator true. pitch on him. Uh, elevator pitch is. Uh, can play. I mean, good good defense at multiple positions. He he is quite fast. Like he is okay. he is legitimately quite fast. I not Malik Smith fast, but you know, sort of the next reasonable step below that. I mean, you know, he's he's really he is a good runner and he's a very good base stealer. Um, has doesn't not have like what we would think of as like big league power, but you know, decent decent bat to ball and and somehow or another has sort of. Uh, kind of continued to manage to have uh, somewhat respectable like walk rates uh, all throughout the minors. Don't know if that translates when pitching gets better and they're like, oh, you've you've hit less than twenty, you know, home runs in your six, you know, five year professional career. Uh, we'll just kind of throw it down the middle and see what happens with you. But uh, you know, I mean, if you essentially if you need Dylan more, but you trade out power for fewer strikeouts, like. That's Sam Haggerty, probably. Uh, right, I'm out, probably. Yeah, I'm ringing that means, Me too. I well, you know, and it's like it's a useful player. It's just the Mariners have six of those uh, types of players, and and so it it gets increasingly less exciting, especially on a team where like you have enough players to fill all the positions that you want and you'd rather probably see those 40 man spots go to like high upside kind of guys like Jose Siri or right. yeah or potential starting pitchers like Ricardo Sanchez Jose what Siri could have the big the big personality that I think this team is lacking he is a big bat flipper he is um uh, sort of famous in the Dominican people love him he plays with a ton of emotion he was obviously uh, his nickname was El Loco on, El Loco, on his right? own team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is again considering the, bo- the where the bar is set in baseball in the Dominican Republic is already pretty high. Uh, I mean, there's a good potential he could just nuke MLB from orbit, um, which I think is incredibly exciting. And maybe considering the state of MLB right now, something we could all use. Um, Reds fans have been just waiting on the arrival of him forever. So it's really fun to take somebody who's a super well-regarded, high-upside prospect from another system and kind of test out the Mariners' player development system and see what they can do. So I'm really excited to see what Siri can do. I'm th- sorry, it's Siri, right? Siri? Yeah. It's not like the 
digital assistant. It's like Siri. It's like, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Margevichus, whose name I will learn how to say. <laughs> I've just been calling him Margevicious. Margevicious in my head for so long. And Large Vicious Marge. Marge. Big boy. Vicious Marge. Vicious Marge. Marge Simpson. Uh, it's my prison nickname. Uh, he's 6'5". <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's a big boy, but he does not throw hard. And a wacky... Wacky, uh, sort of like Jose Siri was promoted weirdly throughout the red system. Like, never mm. really got Matthew, you know more about this. Like, he was promoted maybe not after demonstrating what we might call competence at certain levels, just kind of moved up for, yeah, yeah. I'll have something. I wrote the 40 and 40 on uh, Marge Simpsonist, uh, which will be up at some point, uh, maybe even before this episode comes out. But yeah, he essentially had a really good spring training in 2019 with the Padres and essentially, from what I could gather, kind of forced their hand and was like, well, we got to see what he can do in the real games. And their fifth starter was going to be basically a minor league guy anyway. So they were like, might as well give it to him and they can keep... Uh, I believe it's Cal Quantrill and Logan Allen were the ones that he kind of beat out who they've just stashed in their minors. But anyway, so Margavicious, Marge Simpsonus, Magav, whatever, came up <laughs> and was not very good. Um, he got beat to shit, basically, in one start by the Rockies at Coors Field, which can happen. And then they sent him back to Double A, where he probably should have been the entire time. But uh, they needed a warm body in that fifth spot. So he got a chance. And like he wasn't awful in every start, but he never really showed... Like, he could be a guy. He strikes me as a big, like, shuttle guy between Tacoma and Seattle. Might be a long reliever. Um, the best-case scenario is literally fifth starter. So, get You're excited. Saying, you got, like, an Ariel Miranda kind of kind of vibe mm. from him? I guess, yeah. That's probably a decent comparison. I mean, his actual pitching style is going to be a lot of the Wade LeBlanc, Tommy Malone, just nibble on the edges. And if it ends up in the middle, it's going 500 feet. So, that'll be fun. Yeah, he's a big control control command guy, um, but does not maybe have anything that is over. Which is weird because he's six five. He should be able to throw mm-hmm. the ball harder. I feel like so. I don't know. Maybe the Mariners help him out with his mechanics. Send him off to gas camp. Do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I'm also excited. love a lot of these scouting reports we've given. Uh, Kate, I believe earlier you said Brandon Brennan will be the most available. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Uh, Matt McGill, Matt McGill. Like, he's, yeah. he's here. Like, there's a lot of guys who were like, they. John earlier said about Sam Haggerty, he can play. So yeah. Just, yeah. We have some guys who are willing and able to play baseball. That's yeah. all you can ask for. Y'all, it's going to be a rough season. Mariners Baseball like- 2020, get hype, baby. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like, okay, wait. Let me actually, serious question. Do you, where do you think the Mariners, like if you had to, to power rank, do you think the Mariners are one of the five worst teams in baseball? Like what teams can you definitively say the Mariners will be better than this year? I can think of probably two. Um, I think they are one of the five worst teams in baseball. Um, For sure, they're one of the five worst. I think they are worse than... Sorry, I think they are better than the Tigers. Yeah, that's definitely better than the Tigers. I think they are better than the Orioles. Yeah. Probably, yes, better than the Orioles. I think they're... uh, Well, you're you're obviously walking into your opinion. I don't think the Orioles have any... Like league average players, other than Trey Mancini. Here's who finished below. Life. Here's who finished below the Mariners last year when they finished in sixth. 
Toronto was fifth, Kansas City was fourth, Miami was third, Baltimore was second, Detroit was first. So out of those teams, Detroit, Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Toronto, um, who do you think is definitively still under the Mariners and who could leapfrog them this year? Well, I think oh. Miami and Toronto are for sure going to be better than the Mariners. I They've think actually so, yeah. added a lot of big league players. Like yes, Blue I agree. Now get Bichette and Vlad Jr. and Kevin Biggio having another year under their belt. They're going to be better. They're not going to be good, but they're going to be better than the Mariners. Yes. I think Kansas City is going to be right. In terms of draft position, we're probably going to be neck and neck with Kansas City right. for yeah. one of those bottom spots. Yeah, I could see. see I think the Mariners are slightly better than the Royals, but I think uh, in terms of roster because they'll be in the AL Central versus the AL West um, I think the Mariners are going to lose more games I agree um, yeah and I, I feel very similarly about the uh, Pirates uh, who I think are similar quality to the Royals and Mariners but uh, are going to so lose last year, fewer games because they're in a softer sort of league and division last year it was really there was a big gap Detroit Baltimore Miami Kansas City none of them won over 60 games then it was a big jump to Toronto so Toronto Seattle and Pittsburgh were all clustered up 67 68 69 wins nice um, San Diego had 70, Colorado had 71, LA had 72, and then things jump a little more from beyond there. I think it's pretty clear that LA, Colorado, we really hope San Diego are all out of that uh, area. I don't know about oh, Colorado. I, th- I think honestly. Colorado is. I think Colorado is the opposite direction. I think Colorado yeah. could very easily. Be I think Colorado might worse, worse than the Mariners. Oh um, wow, hot take. I do well, not think so. Record-wise, because I, I think that as a quality of team, no. Is Mookie but I Betts think, a Dodger in this scenario? Yes. Okay, if and Mookie Betts is a Dodger, I think there's I mean, a good chance that the Colorado yeah. is, is neck neck and neck with the Mariners I just, for badness. I, think, I see the NL West as having three over 500 teams and the Giants being not great but not a disaster. But not disastrous, yeah. And I can see the Rockies being a disaster very easily i could see them being comparable to the giants but i I think they have the chance to really collapse especially considering they're coming into the season having spent most of the winter debating trading their franchise player like yeah i i just don't yeah i think ever pretty much every other team in the nl other than the rockies and the pirates and the marlins has a shot at a playoff spot oh and the Giants I guess but has a shot at the playoffs I think the Giants shouldn't be awful they'll be like the most mediocre team in the NL and then yeah so so I do I think that's that puts the Mariners at around the fourth worst team for me Mm. Yeah, that's that was my my kind of thought too. I mean, Uh, or at least record record wise and it's like fourth to sixth in terms of actual quality yeah, those games against Detroit and Baltimore that we play are like going to be, I think, unfortunately, very important for, for teams that are this bad. Like They're going to have real implications, which is a weird thing to say about games that will have maybe 20 eyes on them. Um, but, I mean, if you want to if you want to have sort of that that perverse satisfaction of rooting for the Mariners to lose, definitely save that energy for the, the Detroit and Baltimore series. Yeah, I think that they're. I think that the Mariners are still maybe a fourth, just because I think Detroit and Kansas City will uh, split a lot of games between them. Um, So I think that the Mariners could sneak up into, like, third worst, depending on Colorado. But I don't see them as much higher than the fourth worst team in MLB this year which honestly if you're gonna suck like suck out loud so obviously we want to see the the young I want to see individual good performances but ultimately that result in them losing games so it's gonna be a real real razor thin wire that I'm walking this season with fandom I mean I think this year at least for me personally will be a lot easier because I think if the team is having more success than expected then it is pretty much a universal positive because the reason they'll be having success is because players who are going to be there for a while are going to be outperforming expectations you know last year they won a fair number of games because jay bruce and edwin encarnacion and right uh you know 
well, not really Anthony Swarzak, but you know, the the a lot of the older guys, Tim Beckham, you know, just had really surprisingly strong or not necessarily surprisingly, but had good stretches. Um and we knew at best that meant, you know, you'd get slightly more prospect wise back, but not really. Um now pretty much universally, if they're ahead of schedule, quote unquote, then that will be just reflecting very well and I, I actually am hoping that that's the case because they need some of the guys that are on their roster right now to be more than what the industry sense of them is yeah. necessarily because the prospects look pretty you know interesting and exciting but they can't just have it be oh when Kelnick and Julio are here then they'll have something you know it has to also be J.P. Crawford is better, or Shed Long is better, or, you know, Jake Fraley or Kyle Lewis are, you know, actual solid players, things like, you know, things like that, where Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, those guys are actual, dependable, okay, we can start planning with this guy in mind kind of things. We got a great question in the mailbag the other day, um, asking which Mariners player or prospect we think is underrated by the major outlets and um i went with logan gilbert because i think john you and i have talked about um kind of our frustrations about the fact that matt manning is from the tigers is pretty consistently rated really highly like mm-hmm. top 20 prospect in baseball some outlets mm-hmm. um and logan is more in like the 50 60 range uh, whereas the two of them had very similar, uh, pretty similar performances. Manning has didn't go to college, so he's been in the league longer, uh, been ha- has a longer minor league career. Um, mm. But Logan has pretty much posted similar numbers to him at every stop. They're about neck and neck in where they are, which since Logan went to college, they're about the same age, about the same level now. Um Manning has a bigger, nastier fastball. I think his stuff is viewed as nastier. Uh, Gilbert somehow has, like, sort of that crafty lefty about him, even though he's a righty, which he's actually a lefty. He writes with his left hand, so that sort of... He projects big left-hander energy. I I recognize it in him. Um, But I just... I I think he's been so undervalued, and I really think he, he comes up and makes a makes a splash this year. So I'm interested in hearing from you guys, like, who you're... Who your player is? Uh, I I think Jake Fraley for me. Uh, I I can't remember if I answered the question or not. I definitely thought Jake Fraley. I can't remember if that's what I actually wrote in the mailbag itself. But um, I really like his swing. I, I think he's he's sort of really refined himself down. Um, he's obviously had an issue with staying healthy and staying on the field, but. Uh, He's, he's performed fabulously. Uh, he performed spectacularly in, in AA last year. He uh, had pretty good season prior to being acquired by the Mariners. Um, in Tampa, he's got great base-stealing instincts. He's got the speed to be a reasonably rangy outfielder. Um, I, I think he will have the power to be a sort of 10 to 15 home, home run guy in the bigs. Um Maybe more if the baseball stays kind of wonky, but um, you know he's a he's an older prospect. He'll be twenty. This will be his quote unquote age twenty five season uh, based on the cutoff. But uh, you know he's I, I, I'm really excited to see him get extended play. I'm sad about Mitch Hanniger obviously being out. Uh, that's not a positive for the team, but the fact that it means Fraley will be playing almost every day is. Very exciting uh, in terms of getting to see if he's legit, and I think he is pretty legit. So I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, I'll go Kyle Lewis for this one. Um, I have I'm not a huge like list guy. I'm not like you know keeping up with all of them, <laughs> um, agonizing over people's mm-hmm. placements. But I do feel like Kyle Lewis, due to the injury, obviously. I mean, a lot of the prospect uh, sheen, I guess, kind of wore off. People got pretty down on him but from what we saw last year and like obviously yes very very small sample size but I guess for me the main thing that excites me about him is just how hard he hits the ball like results are always going to be absolutely um but just the way that he absolutely demolishes the ball and I like his swing I mean the leg kick 
people have lots of opinions on big leg kicks and how that will affect timing and all the things that can go wrong with it. Uh, but just from a personal standpoint, like I think it looks cool, which I know is not how scouting works. But like, <laughs> no, but it is it is an aesthetically fabulous swing when he makes contact, and it looks terrible when he misses. But man, it, it absolutely looks right? great. That's being yeah. a power hitter. Yeah, that's how I felt about Ryan Healy too. His home run swing was gorgeous, but then he just swung at so many pitches that were in different zip codes that it became hard to keep supporting him. <laughs> um, but. But also the thing about Lewis that, I mean, like I said, it's a very small sample size. But if you look at the home runs, uh, he got Trevor Bauer, he got Sonny Gray, and he got Kelvin Herrera, who were all very established big leaguers. I think all have been all-stars at one point. And, like, again, like, it's the end of the season. They were all playing for bad teams. Like, it's not the same as, you know, doing this all season against guys who are in the race or whatever. But, like, that's still encouraging. Like, he wasn't just getting numbers against nobodies. Like, That Red Series really obviously caught all of our attention because he was hitting so many home runs in his first week. But when you actually think about who those came off of, I think it gives you a little more of a look into maybe what kind of hitter he could be or at least the kind of player that he uh, wants to be in, like, sort of, quote-unquote, big moments. I mean, that's as big as you can get for him um, given the circumstances of last season. But getting to face guys who have big league track records who, I mean, Trevor Bauer when he's on is one of the probably the best pitchers talent wise in the league and like to see Kyle Lewis just absolutely turn his stuff around and hit it out of the stadium almost was Mm -hmm. super cool so I'm gonna go Kyle Lewis on that one I think that um he has the potential I think to make a lot of people look stupid from a talent evaluation standpoint and let's not forget about Kyle Lewis's other great skill which is having a fun personality which will be important in a bad year yeah, oh, 100%. And I think this is also where we can get into a D oh, wait, Gordon hold on, hold on. vibe curator. What going on? <laughs> what going on? I just isolated and made a, made a file of it because I like it so much. It is great. It is great. And a question we're going to be asking ourselves a lot this year while watching the Mariners. That's what true. is, in fact, going on? What going on? <laughs> do you think, I got to, just real quick, do we think we have a moment like the, the? I believe it was grounder to Dylan Moore where he then threw it to home plate and oh, Omar yeah. Narvaez just wasn't there? Like, uh, do we think we have something ooh. as wonky as that <laughs> this year? Or do we think that's like the worst is behind us? In, in terms of that, like, uh, this team doesn't look like it knows what, you know, it's ass from its elbow, as it were. I mean, we can't rule it out, obviously. There's going to be a lot of guys learning on the job. Uh, I'm sure we'll get, like, minor ones, like, throwing to the wrong base. Uh, I don't know if there will actually be a person there, but <laughs> I think, I mean, there is going to be a lot of rough patches, honestly. I think defense will be very, very rough at times, given... Some of the alignments, I mean, I think we have some improvements, like catcher is the big one, obviously, where I think things will be a little more palatable, but like we're still going to see. for sure, yes. Yeah, yeah we're still going to see some some stuff. I mean, <laughs> I remember like Shed Long, stuff. Shed at, at Fenway last year was a pretty big disaster defensively, and like I think that's just kind of normal for these young guys. Um, I think Jake Fraley like, at Wrigley was uh, no great shakes either. If you yeah. so, recall I mean, the yeah, famous picture ex- of him tumbling into the ivy. Yeah. There was a, uh, Kyle Lewis had a real rough dive in, I believe, his first game. Yep, um, yep. And right, yeah. Was, I, I, I mean, mean, this I think, is... These are, yeah, if you've guys. ever watched minor league games, like, you've seen minor league players make minor league plays sometimes. Even the best prospects will just... I mean, they just simply haven't been doing it as long and sometimes they make some real uh some real boners so you know yeah one thing that i am worried about because we've just seen this happen for the last two or three years is when we have to go into minute made and everyone in the stadium knows from the very first pitch that the mariners have no chance because i think those are the games where things do start to get away yeah. from you and like you start to really like kind of check out like even i mean like, John, you probably know this. Like, just from playing baseball, when it's, like, that the third inning and you're down by nine and, like, no one's even making good contact at all, that's when you're like, okay, let's maybe pack this one in mentally, like, kind of go through the motions. I think we are going to see at least one or two of those games yeah. 
uh, sadly, especially and those fans are going to be Yankee Stadium. Astros fans are going to be ready to punch down this year because they're going to be so beleaguered. The Astros are going to go on a what's the opposite of a goodwill tour? A hate won't tour. tour. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to go around and everybody is just going to hate on them so hard. So I think that. hardcore Astros fans are going to show up they're going to be extra loud and in games against teams like the Mariners where they know they can win they're going to show up and they're going to I mean I just I feel like we don't count any results this year from anything that happens at Minute Maid (laughs) because it's just it's going to it's going to be a bloodbath Um, I think that we get a lot of questions about Scott Service Scott Service Scott Service is he a good manager we don't people don't like Scott Service for whatever reason I think because a, you like Scott Service? <laughs> I mean, I think Scott Service is fine. I know from just kind of speaking with Braden Bishop's family, like, when the stuff that he's been going through, you know, with he lost his mom just recently, and um, in promoting his foundation and stuff, um, Service has been, like, a huge advocate for that, and he doesn't really have to. I mean, Bishop is mm. not, you know maybe one of your core guys but i think i think scott genuinely cares about the players i don't always i don't think he's very good at speaking to the public um he's a little bernie sanders ish honestly like he's he kind of has one he's very bad at like playing the game or being political which is very unfortunate given the roles each of them play like bernie sanders does not care how you feel about him. He just wants to get the job done. That's, That's my but you, you, you did just speak with more enthusiasm about, uh, in a fake Bernie Sanders voice, than Scott Service has <laughs> yeah, used for literally true. anything. I mean, which Scott, I think is a dramatic difference uh, between like him and like a lot. I of I mean, managers, take Scott Service and have him grow up in like a Jewish New York family. I think you're going to see a very different. Like it's the same personality type. It's just it's uh, cooked differently. Put Bernie Sanders no. in like Wisconsin, and I think you get a totally different, totally different flavor there. But yeah, similarly, I think both of them are like not always great at relating to their public about how, because they just they care about what they care about and aren't great at like making nice with some of the people that they should maybe make nice with. Um, and just Scott says stuff sometimes, and it comes out just bad. Like I feel like I know what he means, but. It's very easy to take those statements, like what he said about Felix, in isolation. And yeah, so anyway, sorry. Do I like Scott Service? I think there's a chance. I think Scott Service is probably fine. I think there's a lot about Scott Service we don't know. I think that the reaction to him is largely overblown, just because the Mariners haven't been very good. Um, I don't. I don't think that like the 2018 team collapsing was his fault. I don't. I don't think that the them missing the playoffs in 2016 was his fault. Um, I just, I think, though, that this year, because things are going to be even rougher than they were last year. I mean, last year, like you said, John, they had players like Encarnacion. They had people, Bruce, they had people, even if they were trade chips, who were ma- actively making the team better. They don't have those players so much this year. It is going to be about the young guys, so... This year, more than any other, I think, will be a test of how well Scott Service can motivate, inspire, and lead the next generation, the next core of Mariners players. And if he cannot do that, if team morale is not good in August when they're losing a bunch of games, and you will be able to tell, I think, then I think it is time to look at moving on from Scott Service. But this, to me, this is his test year. Yeah, I believe, and this is this is just what I believe, that the Mariners are going to be in the top 1% of the top 1% of losses of all big league teams this year. That's just what I believe. See, again, we just got, we got so much more, like... Why are you going to show me up like that? With You know I'm bad at impressions. Bernie is the one I can kind of do. Much because, like, because I also don't care what people think of me. Yes, I am wildly gesticulating in my room here doing this impression of the Senator Sanders, uh, but I do not believe that this is an endorsement of any kind. I just want to make that clear that this is not a political podcast uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I should have known Thank you me. wouldn't let me have one impression. You had to show me up. <laughs> okay, while we're on the subject, though, let's... Well, kind of. We got into a much different subject. 
But let's end with let's end with some fun. We, let's uh let's go back to the Astros thing real quick because I want to just remind everyone of what has happened uh, in every piece of content we put out. We're trying to get at least one little jab in on the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. and uh, our very own Eric Sanford has thrown us a very nice alley oop here on Twitter. He asked the question: What is the baseball blogging world equivalent of stealing signs? Uh, for me, I feel like that would be hacking into <laughs> other te- other sites, Slack channels, or their uh, their the back end of their their content making system, and pining them for ideas and things that we can then take. And if we know what's coming from the other sites, that makes our job much easier to uh, to plan for. You know, I think that would be the closest equivalent. Yeah, probably like just directly stealing articles and not giving credit. It would be my equivalent. You're just you're disrespecting the game. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's absolutely just like misquoting or like just drawing wild conclusions uh, off of uh, you know, off like of taking what, what a beat reporter a... says, like taking something mm. Ryan Divish says and mm. just completely twisting it to fit your own agenda, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and being really smug about it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. for just, sure. Just, yeah, flipping Listen. your keyboard after you. you <laughs> Listen, um, Vox put out their report. Okay, just list, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, they've done their due diligence and they put out their report, and you can believe whatever you want to believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're focused on this season. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. all in the past. Yeah. Um, one more question from James Roberts at Junk Ball Pitching, one of the MVPs of this show. Absolutely. Uh, they have a similarly um, light question, which is, if the Mariners got a mascot dog, what breed would it be? Uh, how well-versed are you guys in dog breeds? Not at all. Only cats. Me neither. Um, okay, a Portuguese water dog. Um, I think, given the Mariners' like affinity for water and whatnot, I, I, it's right there in the name. And I think that that's a hypoallergenic dog, so it wouldn't trigger anyone's allergies or anything. And um, I don't know who the most allergy-prone mariner might be. I would say it's Kyle Seeger, but he has a bunch of giant dogs. Maybe it's Tom Ryan Murphy. Healy, but he would have Ugh. ignored it. But Ryan Healy is a dog. Um, he's like a, a golden retriever wearing a human suit. Um... I would maybe say Tom Murphy looks like he might he might have some allergy situation going on. So anyway, it would be it would be a good dog for the clubhouse. Um, you know, I think they're pretty chill. That that is my pick. I think for this season specifically, the Mariners are going to have a lot of Basset Hound qualities. Oh. Very, Droopy? Very very lethargic, kind of letting things happen to them rather than actually doing anything mm-hmm. on their own volition mm-hmm. like it's gonna be a lot of oh, okay this happened i'm just gonna go lay down that <laughs> is i think a fitting mascot for the 2020 mariners i like it i i'm i'm i'm, I'm more inclined to the to the uh sort of active but similar similar result but the the more active alternative which is sort of like a, a collie a border collie or something of that sort where they are just bouncing all over with energy um sort of youthful energy and just uh kind of wrecking shop on occasion um but with good intentions um yeah i i, I think there will be a lot of high energy uh, goofiness, but not necessarily. You know, sometimes it'll work out. Sometimes it will look disastrous. Uh, but I, I, I think that high energy goofiness no, was so. the rejected title of this podcast episode. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But as always, everyone, thank you for sticking with us for listening to our our wonderful, artful conversations about this Mariners team that is going to be. A challenge. It's going to be a lot of stretching little things into big things to try to capture all of your interests. So if we've done that today, I feel like we've done our job. Uh, Kate, you will be at spring training coming up soon. Yeah, March uh, if 9th. Wants to, yeah, if anyone wants to, to talk shop with Kate, catch her down there. The rest of us will be here trying to just figure out ways to make life a little more manageable, knowing that we have... A lot of Zach Groats, Taylor Gilbo coming at us in the coming months. Do not um, diss my boy Zach Groats. 
And well, yeah, we obviously love all of these people, but we also, you know, it's like any family member. We know their limitations. We know the things <laughs> they're gonna do that's gonna piss us off, and that's okay. That's part of part of living with all of these lovable hooligans. <laughs> So, yeah, read Lookout Landing. Uh, follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at mrobertson22. Kate has reclaimed her actual name on Twitter, at Kate Prusser. And uh, John as well, at John Troopin. Uh, subscribe to this show. Give us eight stars on whatever platform you're listening to. And now we have to actually cover real games. <laughs> I think a welcome change of pace. Have to do actual work. Yep. So, until that day comes, good Bye. Oi, Dino!